section two of the crime of sylvestre bonheur by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain august thirty eighteen fifty the heavy heat compelled me to walk slowly i kept close to the walls of the north keys and in the lukewarm shade the shops of the dealers in old books engravings and antiquated furniture drew my eyes and appealed to my fancy rummaging and idling among these i hastily enjoyed some verses spiritedly thrown off by a poet of the pleiad i examined an elegant masquerade by watteau i felt with my eye the weight of a two-handed sword a steel gorgerin a morion what a thick helmet what a ponderous breastplate seigneur a giant's garb no the carapace of an insect the men of those days were cuirassed like beetles their weakness was within them to-day on the contrary our strength is interior and our armed souls dwell in feeble bodies here is a pastel portrait of a lady of the old time the face vague like a shadow smiles and a hand gloved with an open-work mitten retains upon her satiny knees a lapdog with a ribbon about its neck that picture fills me with a sort of charming melancholy let those who have no half-effaced pastels in their own hearts laugh at me like the horse that scents the stable i hasten my pace as i near my lodgings there it is that great human hive in which i have a cell for the purpose of therein distilling the somewhat acrid honey of erudition i climb the stairs with slow effort only a few steps more and i shall be at my own door but i divine rather than see a robe descending with a sound of rustling silk i stop and press myself against the balustrade to make room the lady who is coming down is bareheaded she is young she sings her eyes and teeth gleam in the shadow for she laughs with lips and eyes at the same time she is certainly a neighbour and a very familiar one she holds in her arms a pretty child a little boy quite naked like the son of a goddess he has a medal hung round his neck by a little silver chain i see him sucking his thumb and looking at me with those big eyes so newly opened on this old universe the mother simultaneously looks at me in a sly mysterious way she stops i think blushes a little and holds out the little creature to me the baby has a pretty wrinkle between wrist and arm a pretty wrinkle about his neck and all over him from head to foot the daintiest dimples laugh in his rosy flesh the mamma shows him to me with pride monsieur she says don't you think he is very pretty my little boy she takes one tiny hand lifts it to the child's own lips and drawing out the darling pink fingers again towards me says baby throw the gentleman a kiss then folding the little being in her arms she flees away with the agility of a cat and is lost to sight in a corridor 
which judging by the odour must lead to some kitchen i enter my own quarters therese who can that young mother be whom i saw bareheaded on the stairs just now with a pretty little boy and therese replies that it was madame coco i stare up at the ceiling as if trying to obtain some further illumination therese then recalls to me the little book peddler who tried to sell me almanacs last year while his wife was lying in and coco himself i ask i was answered that i would never see him again the poor little man had been laid away underground without my knowledge and indeed with the knowledge of very few people on a short time after the happy delivery of madame coco i learned that his wife had been able to console herself i did likewise but therese i asked has madame coco got everything she needs in that attic of hers you would be a great dupe monsieur replied my housekeeper if you should bother yourself about that creature they gave her notice to quit the attic when the roof was repaired but she stays there yet in spite of the proprietor the agent the concierge and the bailiffs i think she has bewitched every one of them she will leave the attic when she pleases monsieur but she is going to leave in her own carriage let me tell you that therese reflected for a moment and then uttered these words a pretty face is a curse from heaven then i ought to thank heaven for having spared me that curse but here put my hat and cane away i am going to amuse myself with a few pages of Morayry. if i can trust my old fox-nose we are going to have a nicely flavoured pullet for dinner look after that estimable fowl my girl and spare your neighbours so that you and your old master may be spared by them in turn having thus spoken i proceeded to follow out the tufted ramifications of a princely genealogy end of section two